This is Alicia, and welcome to the College Life Podcast. I am super passionate about education, personal development, growth, and bringing out the best in every college student. This podcast will help motivate you, empower you, and bring you clarity and confidence in who you are, in your purpose, and help you take action toward a life you love. Don't wait until you graduate to live your best life. Let's start now. Welcome to the College Life Podcast. It's Alicia here, and today I have with me a current college student, Evo Fan, and we actually met a few years ago and have just stayed connected and worked together in, in a lot of ways, actually. And I'm super excited to share his college journey here tonight uh, today. So, Evo, why don't you go ahead and first share a little bit about yourself and really where are you at in the college journey? Yeah. Hi, my name is Ebo. I am currently a super senior studying international affairs and where I'm at at with the process is I'm about to graduate and currently thinking about what to do after school. Yeah. So you're just now starting to think about what you want to do after school? Well, I I think it's becoming more tangible and Mm -hmm. Before it's like, oh, maybe I'll go do this and I'll do that. And now it's, um, uh, what what am I going to eat? How will I be able to uh, go get food and go do all these other things that I really love to do in my life? <laughs> yeah, so finding a job that like really helps you build your life and kind of what's next. Yeah. 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 And I know we've had multiple conversations about this as well, like over, you know, the past few years. But it does start becoming more real as you start to, you know, get inch, inch closer to graduation. So, um, and then just for context, you'll be graduating in what two months, two and two and a half months or so. Yeah. So, um, so for for listeners uh, who are listening this, to this right now, okay. So you're close to graduating, but let's kind of rewind back. Well, first off, um, I want to talk about what a super senior means because some people may not understand what that means. So, what does that mean to you? So. It means I've taken more than four years during school and it is, I am in my fifth year currently. Okay. And again, I just share that because not every, you know, every person knows kind of what that means. Mm. Um, And uh, a lot of listeners in the podcast uh, take all different types of, you know, routes and pathways in their college journey. Some are doing it part-time, some are working, you know, full-time and in, you know, taking one or two classes at a time. Some students are, you know, graduating in four years or less. Some students are graduating in seven years. Whatever you're doing, you know, just if you're listening to this podcast, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Whatever you need to do to, to like make your life work, right? And hopefully get a degree, ideally, you know, that's what you need to do. So everyone's on their own path. And I love that you're sharing that, you know, you're kind of a fifth year, um, kind of taking an extra, extra year to finish. And that's totally okay. Um, great. Well, tell us a little bit about when you started college. One, how did you choose your college? And then what were you thinking as far as like what you did want to do, you know, after college? And how did you kind of go about picking that major? Yeah. I only applied to one school. Um, CU Boulder. I am from Boulder. And my parents wanted to 
pay in state tuition. And so, and at the time, I don't think I did my due diligence in terms of research and I didn't get any help from my parents at all. I didn't do any college visits. I didn't have anything else I was looking for. And so I applied and I got in. <laughs> and so I, I picked international affairs as my major for the first year because I did model UN club in high school and it was interesting. I was curious. And I think freshman year, I didn't have an urge to switch my majors because I felt like I should at least understand what I'm learning before I decide I don't like it. And it's been happening ever since. So I'm still, so I'm getting my degree in this because I guess I'd never, um, uh, yeah, I never got not curious about it. No. So you really kind of followed your curiosity initially and then have stayed continuously curious about this particular kind of area. So you are still graduating with international affairs major. Yes. Yeah, you are an anomaly. It's so cool. <laughs> so most students change their major um, at least once. I think it's like um, there, there was a, a study that was done. It was like 75% of students change their major at least once. And I think it's like 60 change two or more times, um, 60%. Wow. Yeah. So it's pretty common to change your major. That's why I always ask this question to students. Um, so it's really cool that you kind of have stuck with it, but really it sounds like you are genuinely curious about it and, and it's going to help you get to where you want to be, even though it's, it's a pretty broad major, but you are very interested in like culture and different countries and learning about that type of thing. So it makes a lot of sense for you to kind of follow that. Yeah. Especially being, um, an immigrant. And it, initially, I was really interested in expanding um, immigration, like advocacy and policy. I was kind of really naive. And I thought there was a world government, which there is not. There's a, a sovereign state, and that's it. That's the highest thing. And everything else is just agreements <laughs> um so that was the first day of class and i was kind of left um really disappointed that the un wasn't more um of a government but um yeah i i think um i really wanted to um do immigration work and that's why i chose it and that's part of part partly why I want to take this international angle. Yeah, that's great. Um, and as far as like UN, you talked about UN, you've talked about, um, so the UN is the United Nations and then model UN is sort of, uh, well, why don't you tell us a little bit about what that is? And I have an outsider's perspective of what it is and you obviously know better. And then did you do that in college as well? No, I, I didn't. Yeah. So model UN, so the UN, the United Nations is an assembly where all the countries come together. Their general assembly is in New York and model UN is the, the dress up LARPing um, kind, of, kind of like live action role play version. So 
you would be assigned a country. You can do your research, take the country's positions, and act as if you were a delegate representing that country with other delegates representing their countries. You come together and discuss a really pertinent issue. And so I remember one time I was the delegate from Russia. And Russia in the United Nations Security Council, they have a veto, which means if they don't approve, uh, it doesn't get passed. And so they, and along with four other countries, have this power. And so I was Russia, but nobody, nobody talked to me during this uh, model UN conference. Uh, they were also busy with getting their uh, resolutions passed, trying to make deals and get concessions. And at the end, um, I ended up vetoing the bill. <laughs> and so, so it was um, a practice, kind of how, how real life works, um, how real international politics works. Yeah, that's really cool. I, yeah, I've seen it like in movies, I guess, and TV. <laughs> I think um, it, it always looks really interesting to me. Uh, when, whenever you think about that, is is the United Nations like an aspirational career goal of yours? Or is that just something that's kind of interesting to you right now? Oh, yeah. I, the United Nations is one of the coolest organizations, I think, doing the most impactful work um so yes it's definitely i would say an aspiration and even though they're not the the governing body of the world uh, it's still um it does quite a lot in terms of kind of women's rights human rights and the welfare of children yeah and so i I do think it's a really good um, impact. And I feel like it will be a really meaningful career to contribute to something along those lines. Yeah, I love that. And there's multiple organizations who are doing that in smaller ways, right? But Model UN obviously has a very huge impact because you're working with so many other countries. So I get what you're saying. Um, awesome. Well, anything else about Model UN or United Nations? No. Um, so I want to transition a little bit into um, just any challenges that you've experienced kind of in your college journey. Yeah, who hasn't? <laughs> but um, there, I guess there's one of the challenges is um, finding finding out who I am because I applied to one university picked one major and kind of went with it. And at some point, I think during my sophomore year, it started to occur to me that I should, and since I was being so um, exposed to all these cool people and interesting ideas, um, it really occurred to me like, who, who am I? Mm -hmm. and, and so one of the challenges was, um, self-discovery and this was um the summer of george floyd mm. and 
and I'm learning about critical race theory. And so I am an Asian American. My ethnicity is Chinese. And so learning about my privileges and the oppressions and kind of more um, breaking down uh, breaking down these categories to really understand what um, where people are coming from and what's influencing um, certain things and aspects in society. Oh, that, that's the really heady version. But I think for me to connect connect with that is um, um, reflecting about my identity as male and and being able-bodied and 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 privileges that I I have and I think I started with like oh man Asians are so oppressed and but now it's kind of like yes but I also have all these um other identities that's my dominant and um so reflect reflecting on that uh, a, a more tangible struggle is um work-life balance well hang on let's go let's let's go let's hang on here for a second uh, before you go to work-life balance um so you know obviously like figuring out who you are I mean that is so big it's really challenging and you're really talking about this in really thinking about not just internally who you are because that's what I initially thought when you said that but you're really talking about how do your identities show up in the United States of America right like and in Colorado, which is where we're located. So you're talking about like identities, looking at your own, you know, privileged identities, oppressed identities, um, and how you're like a whole human, right? But there's a lot of dynamics within that and how you show up and how you're potentially treated, right, as well, given those identities. Yeah. So what was, what do you think is your biggest learning as you're kind of reflected over the past few years about your identities? Well, I think there's so much to learn. We all grow up thinking that our way of life is the normal and then you meet other people with identities and all of a sudden you're like, oh man, like we're all so different. And if we don't understand where we're all coming from, then it's kind of hard to find common ground on which to do anything with, whether it's a group project or movement for social change or like a, like a business venture or something. So <laughs> yeah, it makes sense just not only as a personal level, of knowing who you are and how you show up in the world and how, how other people show up very differently. And it doesn't mean that it's right or wrong or that yours is better or worse. It's just different. Um, and people have different backgrounds and experiences and identities that kind of all show up in, in those spaces, like team projects and all the way up until right model UN or, or United Nations, right. That obviously is huge there because people are from very different cultures and, and countries. And so they have very few shared experiences to kind of go back on potentially, right? If they're not learning about other countries and cultures on their own. Um, anyway, 
yeah. So I think there's so much to learn there and this will be a lifelong process for you and ideally all of us <laughs> who are listening to this podcast to explore, you know, our own identities. Um, and it's hard to do. It's uncomfortable sometimes, uh, because you have to kind of just show like really be honest with yourself about who you are and how you show up in the world and how you're viewed in the world sometimes, um, for better, or for worse. Um, yeah, so it is, it is a challenge, but I think it's like, well, worth it to invest time and energy into, and you're doing it so young. So you're able to just really, I think it'll, it'll pay off in the long run as well. So that's awesome. Yeah. It, it was interesting. Um, cause I always felt so other with my Asian identity in in america and i have this uh old historic history teacher and he's asian american and so first day of class i walk up to him like so um sir how do you relate to being um asian in america he's like well you know you're having a you know it's, it's pretty simple you're having a unique asian american experience everything you're experiencing, you're, you're not Asian in America, you're Asian American experience. And that was like, whoa, okay. It's, you know, he's gray in the head and this really well-read professor, PhD, many books. And he totally blew my mind with something I never considered. I always felt um, I was apart from American culture. Um, I felt Chinese in America and American in China and all of a sudden it's like oh wow that's actually part of the more holistic Asian American experience okay that's mind-blowing <laughs> yeah it's really cool and it's really powerful I think seeing people who right look like you who are in leadership positions as well I think that can be really powerful um, but hearing him say that it's like sometimes those things just click and there's moments in our life where we just, you know, find the right person at the right time to really help us make sense of our identities, um, or like, um, really help us connect right with, with our own identities. And that's, that's a really cool experience. I love that. Um, so let's transition to the other challenge that you mentioned, which is work-life balance. So share a little bit more about kind of that for you. What, What was that look? What did that look like in college? Well, Alicia, uh, we we met because you were my academic advisor. Or no, coach, sorry, yes. success coach. <laughs> I, I get the two mixed up. Um, but um, what uh, I think I came to you with was um, I didn't know how to do homework or like sit down and prioritize it really lack the the management skills unnecessary to um do everything and and I um start start too many things and so that was that's something I've consistently struggled with in college and last semester I, I tried a different approach where I focused, I really um, narrowed down on a couple of things that I wanted to um, do. And I really, I felt like I got a lot further in those aspects than if I did um, everything all at once. 
And so work-life balance, I had, I had jobs where I would show up at nine and get off at 2 a.m. in the morning um, and then go to school. I've had jobs where um, I wake up at 4.30 in the morning and then go open up a coffee shop and uh, drink coffee all day. And so I feel like, and, and I did all of that without a planner or a calendar. And I, <laughs> it, I just kept it all in my head. And it was like, sometimes I'm prone to forgetting things. And so that was hectic. And I think it ended up resulting in um, being unceremoniously let go of a couple of positions. So, mm. <laughs> yeah, interesting. Um, okay. So I want to back up here and kind of share my, my perspective of how we met because I think it's really important here as, as if you're a student listening to this and you're like, oh, I experienced that too. Um, it's really important for you to be aware of this and just to be honest with yourself. And you probably knew that you were struggling, but it was that moment where you said, you know what, I'm going to ask for help or, or like it came up and somebody said, oh, this resource is for you. And you took advantage of it. And that's a that's what you need to be doing as a student. Like these are the, these are the, this is the time for you to really fine tune some of these skills and build up your self-awareness to realize like, you know, where can my life be better? <laughs> right. And this is the thing too, that I want to share. Um, there are academic coaches across the country that work with students in a variety of ways. And some, some students, um, like most students that I worked with were students who were really struggling academically, but that was not you you did very well academically. That was not a challenge for you at all, but it was really, how do you manage, right? Continuously doing well academically with all of your other things that you're doing in your life. So clubs and organizations, um, exercising jobs, right. Just like trying to like live, live your life. Right. <laughs> and that was really, what was the big part that, you know, you were trying to kind of manage and organize, um, from what I remember. And like you were doing so many different things. And it was so clear to me as we were talking in our first conversation, it was like, oh, you need to learn how to say no or like draw, start drawing boundaries. And that's a really, really difficult thing to do, especially as a young person, because if you're hungry too, you're like, I want to be successful. I want to take advantage of these opportunities. It can be really easy to say yes to everything. And you can say yes to a lot of things, until it's too much. And then you have to start saying no to things. And that just really comes from self-awareness. It's really important to reflect on your life and figure out like, okay, what are my priorities right now? Because I am a big believer that you can do it all, but you can't do it all at the same time. <laughs> and that is just so critical. And, and, you know, I've really learned this in my own life of, like one, like I was like, oh, I want to start a business, but it wasn't the right time or, or whatever it was, or, oh, I eventually want to work for a startup, but it wasn't the right time yet. And just, but then it came later, you know, because I, it still was something that I was interested in and I made happen. So I think be patient with yourself in this. It is really challenging to do, but so, okay. So this was kind of like a couple, like three or four years ago, right? So now how do you ban it? How do you manage all of your responsibilities now? Because you have had a lot of self-awareness and more experience. So what are the, some of the either skills or tools that you use to draw boundaries, say no, you know, organize yourself? 
I'm still practicing. I have to be honest with you. It's been, it, like you said, it's been a while. Um, but I am still practicing with this. Um, however, I am better. I have forced myself to learn how to use a calendar. And and then it, now it's amazing. It's just like, bloop, it goes on, on there. And then I don't have to think about it. <laughs> and um, and drawing boundaries, I think I am more clear of what I am groovy with and what I am not groovy with. And that's just part of... Um, um part of knowing yourself and knowing and I, I think I know I'm groovy with a lot of things and pretty laid back and so uh, so finding a couple of things like okay no heck no like a um I think I remember we had a conversation about like the 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 really strong no and then like the heck yes uh, and so I literally was just writing this down. So it's, if it's not a hell yes, it's a no. And like, you don't like, especially early on in your college journey, you may just be curious and you can say yes to things, but as you grow and develop, especially in my personal and professional life, like for me, if there's something that's like a little, just a little thing right in the back of your head, that's like, I'm not sure about this. It's a no, it's clear to me. Um, cause there'll be other opportunities that come that are a hell yes. And you won't be able to say yes because you said yes to a no, that should have been a no. Um, yeah. Right. Um, I, I found out why I was saying yes to so many things, uh, after all these years and it was FOMO, mm. the fear, fear of missing out. And I've realized like, and this is kind of coming through like practice with meditation and my, and like certain life philosophies, um, like literally nothing is super important and we shouldn't be so attached anyways. And so like, so what if I don't go to like the cool party or get the extra tiny micro credential for your transcript or, <laughs> um, and um, yeah, so so I think getting over the fear of missing out and just say, all right, I'm missing out. That's fine. <laughs> or like, I don't really think about it anymore. So I, I think it's kind of allowed me to le lead a more, um, a more fulfilling life, actually, because I'm not just constantly fearing but you can actually be creating with your life so yeah that's it I mean that is a really heavy to like hold on to that like if you were to you know continuously hold on to oh gosh if I don't say yes I'm gonna miss out on this right this opportunity is never gonna come again and I'm a big believer of actually it's the opposite of sometimes in your life things are cyclical like there are things that kind of keep coming back to you, keep coming back to you for some reason or another until you start paying attention to it, <laughs> you know, and maybe you weren't supposed to pay attention to it the first time it came around or the second time it came around or the third time it came around. 
maybe now's the right time. And, and that's beautiful. And I, I think about this in your life, um, specifically around technology and how you have really taken ownership to try and learn how to code right on your own. And I don't know much about this space, so you can feel free to fill in the gaps here. But my, my perception is that you wanted to learn how to code. So you spent a couple months or a few months taking that on, right. Kind of just on your own, right. You didn't take a class or anything Um, like an official class through college. No, no. Right. So, uh, so you are trying to like learn this thing. Maybe you're watching YouTube videos or whatever it is to learn. You're trying to code and, you know, maybe you have some foundational concepts of coding, but like now you're kind of back in class. Maybe it's not a priority right now because you're finishing college and you can always come back to that in two or three years, if it makes sense for you or in 10 years, if it makes sense to you. But you also could say, you know what? I have some foundational knowledge. I little understand it a little bit. I was able to dabble in that, in that space, even though I'm an international affairs major and they have nothing to do with each other, but eventually they probably will, you know? So I think it's beautiful. And it's, 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 to me, that's like an amazing thing that I saw from you of like, you're just follow, following your curiosity still, even though they may seem like completely different paths. Um, sometimes that path will actually overtake, right? If your, your curiosity is coding and now it's all of a sudden, like, I just want to do coding for the rest of my life. Sometimes that happens. Sometimes it doesn't. And like, that's beautiful, but you're able to kind of like go for it and see if it might work for you or if it's something that's in alignment with you. So where are you at with coding and tell me a little bit about that experience. Yeah. Well, so I ended up not doing so hot at one point in a semester and I withdrew. And as I'm sorry, uh, just pause really quick there. So when you talk about withdrawal, you basically withdrew in the middle of a semester. Actually, two or weeks. Just- I it was like a week before finals, and I'm like, oh no, I don't think I'm gonna pass. And so I ended up withdrawing from all of your classes. From all of my classes. Okay. I had I had I think four F's and an A. So, so you're like, uh, I'm just gonna take the L. <laughs> like yeah. And I say the L, it's not really, but like, okay, so you, t- so you just did not do well that semester. That was a big red flag for you, for you, just for like your self-awareness of like, okay, something's not right here. Yeah, it, it, um, it did feel like, um, I was defeated, but then I had, um, I had a conversation with a friend and she like, is probably one of the most intelligent people I met. And um, I was talking to her, she's like, oh yeah, like I had to withdraw like every other semester when I was in college and she's doing really great. And then all of a sudden it's like, there's no fear there either. It's like, okay, it just happened. And, um, And still, hey, I went to those classes, I learned those things and like, that's what the degree is for anyways, learning. It's not, um, I mean, that's the hard, the meaningfulness is learning new things. It's not about failing or getting a grade. And so, so I was there, I showed up and I took those classes. I don't think I um, missed out that much. And um, yeah, so anyways, coding. I, so after that, I wanted to challenge myself to do something different. And I 
had a little, um, well, I have a little coffee business. Um, it's just myself. And so I can kind of go at my own pace. And I wanted to um, learn how to build my own website from scratch. So I don't have to pay anybody to maintain it. And it's, I can also pick up a cool skill along the way. And um, so I looked up online, it was a Reddit post. I was just scrolling one day and they're like, hey, this coding bootcamp completely free is about to start. It's gonna go for 40 days. It's called uh, 100 devs. Um, so if anybody is curious, hashtag 100 devs. <laughs> Um, is that D-E-V-S? Uh, D-E-V-S, yeah. Okay. So um, it was so rigorous and challenging and absolutely free. And so like if you had, if you just wanted to go do it, you can. And um, it was it was so freaking hard. So <laughs> they, want, they wanted eight hours a day. Or, oh my or gosh. It was like a one hour long YouTube video and a whole bunch of homework. And um, I was really enjoying it. I felt like a total hacker when I like typed in my first lines of code. It was like saying like, hello world with HTML or something. So um, yeah, it, it just, um, in terms of work-life balance and coding, it felt like a, like a personal challenge, but then also I realized that's um, a skill that the world needs isn't necessarily something I'm um, like, oh, yes, I want to devote, to devote my life to this, um, you know, it's 70%. But it was just uh, really cool to learn it. And I was actually so afraid of coding. And um, and I'm like, well, screw it. I'm just going to go learn it. Then I, then I don't have to be afraid of touching a computer again. And so. <laughs> so and this so is that's cool. Oh, sorry. Um, okay, yeah, it, it opened up a lot of doors for me, actually. Um, I learned how to network. I learned how to use LinkedIn. Um, yeah, I learned how to just kind of put myself out there and ask random people for, hey, let's go get a coffee, um, which um, was so, so cool. And it really um, gave me a glimpse into what um, the professional and how to network and how to be professional and and all that came out of like a hobby but instead of like a school assignment so they felt more um, genuine mm -hmm. I love that I love that okay there's so much there one I just love that you one just followed your curiosity but also like you intentionally got outside of your comfort zone and it's something that I actually had um, for almost like an assignment for my class, uh, my students in my class that I'm teaching this semester of like, do one thing that just gets outside of you. That's just a little bit outside of your comfort zone. And so I'm going to challenge you all listening to this sometime this week after listening to this podcast episode, I want you to get outside of your comfort zone intentionally. So find one thing that you're just like, oh gosh, I could ask this person, you know, for coffee or I could go say hi to somebody, right? So they don't have to be big things, but they can be big things to you, right? And, and get outside of your comfort zone. Um, so 
I love that. Oh, so good. And if you do that message me on Instagram, I know I'm not on there very much, but I do sometimes look at my DMs. So uh, message me on the, the college life coach. If you do this, but I just love that you, you do both of those things so well of following your curiosity and getting outside of your comfort zone. I also love that it was kind of intentional. Like you're really thinking about the future and like, where are we headed society, like as a society and like, what might be a skill one that could be beneficial to me right now, right. To build your website, but also another skill that's going to be helpful, right. In the future, potentially, or likely, right. We know that it's likely. Um, so I love that you're kind of thinking that way and you could have gone into that and been like all in and been like, oh my gosh, I love this. I want to do this all day. Right. This is for me. Um, and it doesn't sound like it is but you still got so much value from the experience and you also have a skill set now. So I just think it's like so cool. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about, you, you mentioned running a coffee shop. So tell me a little bit more about your business and like what initially uh, interested you in starting a coffee shop and then how is it going right now? Okay. Yeah. So I've been a barista right out of high school, I wanted, people said, oh, you don't need to go to college to make a good living. And I didn't know what they meant, but I went out and got the coolest job I could think of, which was like being a barista. Um, And so I worked at pretty much 80% of all the coffee shops here in Boulder. And 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 there are a lot of coffee shops, just so you all know. (laughs) I I, I like another. It was, it was really cool. Um, and so, so I really loved coffee and I loved uh, making latte art. I, it's like drawing with milk and I, it, it's, it was the, probably the coolest thing I did every day was um, the, the 10 seconds it took to make some cool latte art and I was getting better. And so after like four years, I was, there was one day I, I put a little swan in a guy's um, coffee cup and he's like this middle-aged man. And he was like freaking out and like jumping up and down. He's like, oh my God, I've never seen anything like that before. Like, wow, like what? Look at this. And um, I had a similar experience over a really cool latte art. I didn't know even was possible. Um, and so, uh, so all of a sudden it was like, there's um there's a lot of like I think kind of virtue and flow and that simple kind of simplicity to to making coffee and uh, one day I was just laying in bed and I was feeling a little bit unmotivated but um I was I was thinking to myself what's one thing I can do today that if I do it I'll be like feeling good for the rest of the day. And then I don't, I feel like I didn't waste it by just laying around. And so got up and went on the website and registered my company as a LLC, paid 50 bucks, and like, boom, I was done. It was, it was that easy. And so after that, it was getting logos and getting partnerships and all that was just so fun I it it felt like playing a monopoly to be honest because it was just um, something I started I didn't 
approach it too seriously. And um, I did invest a bunch of my savings into buying the equipment. But um, at one point, one of my friends, he uh, wanted, he heard that I had a business. And so he said, let's do something together. And we um, decided to launch a, a pop-up cold brew thing. We got 40, 40 bottles or 30, 30 some bottles. We said, okay, if we can sell like one or two to our friends, then it will be good. But then on the first day we had 75 orders and we're like, oh my gosh. And so we had to go get more bottles. And this is this like a good business problem to have, I guess. And so that it was, it was all just so fun. And we made uh, we wrote handwritten thank you cards and little stickers and um and we delivered. So we ended up delivering one bottle all the way out, like 45 minute one-way drive to go give one person a cup of coffee, cold brew. And um, so after a whole day of working really hard and like a, a whole and and the lead up to that, we ended up losing about $35 each. <laughs> and, but it was it was so it was so fun. And so I think it was just um just doing it and um getting the experience while um it's not so high stakes. Yeah, and there's so many takeaways that you can learn just from that one experience, right? It's like, okay, how much are we uh, charging for our coffee? How are we charging for delivery? We're not charging for delivery, right? We're doing this, we're doing this. Like there's so many factors in there. Um, and as a business, it's pretty common to have like a profit and loss statement, right? And so you could do a profit and loss statement from that one day, really analyze it and say, okay, if we add another dollar to the coffee, would that get us in the, in the clear, right? You don't want to just be in the clear though. You want to make a profit and make it worth you and your partner's time, right? So it's like, okay, how else can we do this? What else could we change? You know, maybe they have to order a minimum of five to get it delivered, right? Whatever it is, but you could play with that and experiment. And that is what's so beautiful about starting your own business in college is that you really can not have like a huge weight on your shoulders. You can really just play and experiment and, and kind of see like, oh, this and this, right. And obviously you have to have money to lose a little bit, right. To start a business but oftentimes you do have to have a little bit of, um, of revenue or of money, but like you could potentially start a business, right. It's $50 for a business. You could do your logo yourself, right. On Canva. Um, and you could try to like rent equipment or find equipment somewhere else, you know, like or, you know, there's just like so many options that you could do and get creative. So, um, I just love that and, um, highly recommend anybody who's interested in starting a business, especially in college to try it out and see, you know, what happens. And there's also a lot of resources on campus that can help you build your business, help you learn, um, as well. So on most campuses there are. So I love that. Um, okay, great. Anything else kind of learning from that experience or where you're wanting to take that in the future? Yeah, I, so my business partner and I, and that's another thing I learned is how to kind of talk with 
other people yeah. and work with others uh, talking about really hard things and mm. money is one of those things where just people have strong strong feelings and um and so i mean my business was relatively small we had probably less than $200 worth of stuff. And we both lost $30 each. So there's not like there's any revenue to divide, but um, our, like talking over um, percentage and ownership and all these things are just really hard, um, hard subjects to bring up. And, and um. And it's also like a matter of like kind of leadership. Um, I'm not saying, I don't know. I'm, I'm not saying like, oh, he was my worker and I was working for him. It was like a partnership. And, but still to, um, I, I think what happened was school started and he got busy. And, and then, so he offered that I do all the work. He kind of looks at a proposal that I give him and he's like yo that's a good one or like pretty much business consulting and um and like oh yes we're we're gonna be like partners but then I ended up being so tired and burnt out and exhausted I um got sick and that's why I had to withdraw from the semester and so um I think it's just interesting to kind of be honest with somebody that you're working with but it's also like money's on the line um ego is on the line reputation's on the line and um and so it's like a that that was a tough tough um situation to navigate especially if i don't if i can't be like fully sure that he will be completely vulnerable and I can be vulnerable and be truthful. I don't know. That, that's my communication style. I don't like to, I don't like to, I'm not, I'm not a good liar. And I just tell the truth like completely and just lay it all out. Maybe it's not the best approach, but um, it's just how I do. Yeah, but I think that that particular skill, right, being able to communicate with a partner, and then you may even have to have card conversations, I don't know if you've had this already, where you're like, actually, you know, you're not in the business anymore, right, it depends on, I don't know if y'all have done paperwork on this, like legality type things, right, or if it's your business, and he was just part of, like, then he was brought in, or, you know, because you obviously started the business, um, but then you might have to renegotiate percentage-wise of, okay, if you're going to only be a business consultant, then you get 5% of the company since I'm doing 95% of the work right now. And we can always adjust it in the future if if your schedule or like time, energy, whatever can it kind of changes. Um, yeah, so there, there's so many factors in there, but those are really hard conversations. But again, those are really valuable to have early on in starting a business. Um, so that way, and, and before you even, like you said, even start a partnership, to have some of those hard conversations of like these what if scenarios. Um, and that's something, even whenever I was working on the startup, um, a startup that I was working on for the past few months, like those are conversations that I wish I would have had earlier on um, and they didn't happen. And it was kind of like push back, push back. And then it was kind of like, it became an issue later 
and I should have addressed it earlier. So, you know, these are things that are lifelong lessons that we continuously learn in different spaces. Um, and yeah, it's, so it's, it's a, it's a fun and challenging process, but, but super rewarding for sure. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about, you said that you, and we can start to wrap up too, but um, you said that you like to get coffee with people. So I wanted to know if any story stands out to you that you like reached out to somebody and were like, I can't believe they said yes. And it was like a really great conversation. So I decided to drive around in my car after um, uh, withdrawing from college. And I was in Dallas, Texas, doing coding. And one of our homeworks was uh, go online. So I think I went up to like meetup.com or something. And I found a like a virtual, oh, it was a Toastmasters public speaking thing about tech. And so I met somebody there and I just messaged, hey, I'm also in Dallas. Oh my God. And this was like a, um, like a, like a countrywide thing. And so we ended up um, connecting. He invited me to like a Mexican Tex-Mex place. And I sat down and learned about his career in cybersecurity. And that was like, so cool. Yeah, I love that. And it's so great because you just never know what those conversations, what are gonna come from those conversations. Right. I bet you're, are you connected with them on LinkedIn now? Yeah, I, so I learned a trick. You can do like Google alerts and if you connected with somebody, set a Google alert for their name and every time their name gets mentioned on anything on the web, I get an email. And so, so I've been getting emails of this guy for a year now and I, I see everything that he publishes and all the articles he's in. And um, so if I ever wanted to um, reach out again, I could be like, hey, I read your article. So, so, yeah. I love that tip. I've never done that before, but that is really brilliant. Um, so I love that. And, you know, you obviously don't have to do with every person that you meet, but some of the folks who you're like, wow, like their story, or you really connected with them, you want to stay in touch with them. That's a great way to do that for sure. I love that. Um, okay, well, I know that you're kind of coming to the end of your college journey. Um, so how are you feeling about the next steps? Yeah, so, you know, I'm excited and I don't think it's gonna be much different. Um, it, it feels like I'll just be doing what I'm always been doing. Um, you know, one foot after the another, wake up, eat, do a good job. And um, it is, you know, whether it's like following up with an opportunity or anything like that, I think I'll have, I'll just be um, prepared for anything that happens. And, I think that's my plan is to um, be prepared and when the wind is ripe, just go sail, sail on it. So plan-wise, um, I don't know. I feel like um, since I'm a Chinese immigrant, I need to learn grammar. 
grammar has been, I can't believe I, I made it through five years of college without like a really solid grasp on like how to use commas. But um, I realized- I'm GPT, I'll do that for you now, it's fine. I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> So, so learning some fundamentals with that. Yeah, grammar. And I I went back and learned how to type when I first started how to code. And now I'm, I can like type without looking at the keyboard. And when I told my friends like, oh yeah, I'm learning how to type. And I'm like, are you kidding me? You don't know how to type? I'm like, no, I really don't. <laughs> and so so I and so maybe one last thing is this idea of um the Sankofa which is, I think, in, I forgot which country, but it's an African term for um, don't be afraid to go back and get what you left behind, Sankofa. And so, um, if so I'm not gonna leave anything behind. I feel like not having regrets is a good thing. So if I, wanna get better at typing, I'm gonna go do that Learn learn grammar and like all, all the basic stuff yeah I love that cool well any other advice that you have for students who are still in college and then we can uh, finish up yeah um I mean be courageous and recognize the wisdoms in others and be curious yeah that's, that's, I love that. It's beautiful. Awesome. Well, if people want to connect with you, where can people find you? Yeah, they can um, connect with me on LinkedIn or uh, send me an email at barista.ebo at gmail.com. So that's barista.yibo at gmail. Awesome. And I can link both of those in the show notes so you all can have access to those. Um, awesome. Well, thank you so much, Evo. Really appreciate having you on today and good luck in your next steps. Thank you so much, Alicia. I hope that you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, please make sure that you share it with a friend. That's how this podcast gets out to more students like you. And thank you so much for listening to the College Life Podcast. I will catch you in the next episode. Have an excellent week.